Hey, welcome back to uh, Conservative Daily Podcast. We got a good show to go on. Uh, <laughs> we have a special guest. We have a couple of special guests for the show today. Um, and we're going to talk about a lot of things. I do want to dive into the Halderman Report again. And uh, we have Jeff O'Donnell's going to be on here to go through that with us. I also want to let you guys know that we have this, which I thought was awesome. It's, uh, I mean, frankly, you've ever seen this report? Report on the Biden laptop by Marco Polo. If you haven't gotten a copy of this, you need it. This is pretty amazing. Um, it's also pretty disgusting. So, I, But I do recommend it. <laughs> I recommend it because then you'll re- start to realize that the two-tier justice system is actually not a two-tier justice system. It is a captured country. And we just haven't figured it out yet. And because most of the things that have happened in our country have happened because of permissive use. It's, I, I equate it to a sidewalk. They, you turn around, they distract you over here, and you turn back around, and they had poured this brand new concrete, but it looks like it's been there for years. And so that's how they establish um, creating things that they think should be the way it is. Like, this is the way it's always been, and you, know, you can't move it because it's concrete. You can't, there's, there's no way to change it. Um, but that, but that, is the equivalent of what's happened in our society. The judiciary used to have a checks and balance system that allowed for people to be heard. It allowed for people to have a voice. It allowed for people to uh, be able to fight back against uh, an injustice that was created by either a corrupt or captured or um, compromised judge. And today that becomes more difficult than ever because the rule of law doesn't matter. And then when it comes to juries, They can pick and choose whatever juries they want by using a system that finds the juries that lean or believe the same things that they believe. It's a rigged system. It's a rigged system. We've allowed it to happen. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the indictment and some of the other things that came out, which I thought was, which was pretty interesting. Um, Jill Biden is, is speaking now. Did you, Jill Biden. Jill Biden is out there going after President Trump. Now, I'm just going to tell you, all you have to do is read her doctorate thesis and you will come to the same conclusion that most people would come to. Joe Biden was largely regarded as one of the dumbest human beings in Washington. Matter of fact, they would say that the dumbest human being was, the dumbest person on the Hill was Joe Biden. They would crack jokes about it for decades, not for years, but for decades. And Joe Biden, um, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So without any further ado, I know that we have Tori that's going to be in here soon. But in the meantime, um, let's welcome Jeff to the show. Jeff, welcome to the show. Okay. Thanks a lot for uh, having me on again. I apologize. There's some background uh, dog barking. Uh, it's, a, it's a madhouse here. All right. Well, Jeff, I, I think you've gotten a chance to see the Holderman report, correct? Uh, yeah, I've taken a first pass on it, yes. And when you when you look at the Holderman report, you know it's heavily redacted. So this is a redacted version. So a lot of the things, and I'll, and I'll just say this, the way that they redacted it was not your typical black it out, correct? Yeah, the redactions bother me a lot. Why did they redact it? 
it's hard to come up with the reasons. I mean, the only reason that they should redact something is if it, if it would uh, unfairly give information on an individual, you know, expose an individual, uh, or expose perhaps someone in law enforcement. Uh, th those are the only cases I can see that they would that they would you know do that for security, uh, and and it's hard to imagine. Uh, what circumstances would have required those, uh, you know, those redactions? Uh, and I think it was entirely the wrong call to put it out with redactions, given the current environment. Well, they even redacted some of the footnotes. Uh, yeah, and and that's you know why would you know you, you would again? It's like why would they do that? You would only redact a footnote if somehow knowing who. Uh, they were citing uh, in part of it uh, that they would be uh, unfairly damaged, hurt, whatever, you know, by that information coming out. And, and it, it's hard to come up with a, with a reasoning for it uh, other than, of course, uh, covering up something. So, Jeff, I got I to gotta ask you this question. We have Mesa Report 1, 2, and 3. We have the uh, primary, report that came, primary report that came out about the cast vote records um, that showed the same function across the entire country in multiple counties, multiple states. Right? I, be I believe it was 19 states total that we, that, that played a part. Nine states so far. Nine so far. But how many, how many states are total as far as the data that you have collected? How many states are those? Oh, the data I have collected, we have from 28 states. We have at least one. Okay, so we got nine states so far. You have a, you have a uh, DA, Dan Rubenstein, in the Tina Peters case specifically, that did not go out and find any sort of independent investigators, correct? Relied. Uh, that's, yeah, that's absolutely correct. He relied you know, certainly on his, his, his own and, and his people. And of course, he called Dominion and said, hey, what happened here? So he relied on Dominion for explanations of things. One of the things that Dominion stated was that it was caused by time drift. Well, that was one, that was one small point of explaining why some of the timestamps, uh, you see, uh, Rubenstein, the whole basis of his rebuttal is that this was simply a human mistake by one of the clerks uh, but that has to be have happened in two separate elections. Uh, the same mistake, uh, a mistake which I've talked to clerks, uh, not just there, other places, and they said they can't, uh, it, it would be a terrible thing to do. Uh, they, they can't imagine making that mistake. Uh, so that is it. And then since we have a precise timeline of, of you know, down to the, the millisecond when all of this happened, and he's uh, he's relying on camera uh, footage that has timestamps. You know, some some of the things didn't line up, and so he invented something called time drift. That the longer you keep a system on, the more it might drift from the actual time. Which uh, is is you know modern systems uh, they get their time re refreshed regularly. So that is just a you know that can be just ignored as a uh, throwing something. Uh, against the wall, hoping that somebody believes it and it sticks. Um, well, but, and if you go pre two thousand six, if you go pre two thousand six, that would be true. 
So using a standard, if you went back 20 years, I mean, time drift was a real thing, right? You would have, you would have systems that would look, I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look at where they, they come up with these explanations that, that are, that, that typically they get as saying, okay, we can explain it away as this. Can't we? And you can picture people sitting in a room going, Hey, how do we explain this way? How do we explain this way? What about time drift? It used to be a real thing. We're using 2006 standards. So let's just, let's just go with it. Yeah. And that's not, you know, it's just a, a, a small part of everything. Uh, it, it's, it, it's an attempt to just, uh, confuse the issues enough that, uh, people would, would look the other way. And, you know, uh, I have to say it, it's been now March, April, May, June, 15 months, roughly since that report came out. And while it has been very useful, uh, it, you know, for some people in their, in their battles against counties and, and uh, local things and things like that, uh, on, on a national scale, um, you know, I've yet to be deposed. I've yet to be asked to, uh, to, to put it into a, an official uh, record. Uh, so uh, in, the, in that way, uh, I think that, that Rubenstein, you know, even though what he said was nonsense, it was scary nonsense, I guess, for some people. And, uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's very frustrating because uh, there has been no answer. And, and, and frankly, even Rubenstein's rebuttal has, it, it challenges none of the technical findings. Uh, so every, and, and nothing has, no, no, one, no one in 15 months has challenged uh, what I found. It's simply uh, trying to nuance uh, the, the, uh, what it means uh, and, and, and how it, you know, what possibly uh, launched it. Uh, so uh, it's, it remains there. It remains big. It is the basis for uh, a lot of my, you know, continuing work. Uh, you know that, and and uh, a couple other systems that I've been blessed to be able to see. But you know, Mesa is the Mesa is a big one because Mesa appears to be real. real you know, <laughs> they they work very hard to massage Mesa County. Well, and Mesa County. Let's. Let, I'm going to ask you. Excuse me, I'm going to ask you a few questions. I'm going to ask you a few questions that I think are relevant to this piece specifically. Tina Peters, she saw the entire system as being corrupt, did not get involved in the 2020 election, actually thought the system was completely normal, right? That's correct. 2021 comes along. They have a municipal election. She sees a ton of irregularities, makes comments, like ha make, goes through the effort to try and look into it first, and it's like, this doesn't, nothing seems right. Is getting parroted stuff back from the Colorado Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold, now feels as if they're complicit in the behavior. They want them to do this trusted build, right? Which erases mm -hmm. all the material for the election. She is a, she's elected by the people in her community. Right? That's right. And That's right. so she decides, I have to do a covert campaign to figure out what happened because everyone's lying to me. That's in essence what happened, right? In, in essence, it is what happened. And what's funny is if you look back to 2020, um, and, and you can find some quotes from Tina uh, about after that, uh, you know, she was, was uh, very dismissive, uh, you know, as, as, as most of the clerks were, you know, were of any problems going on in 2020. I mean, it wasn't until she
she saw what happened in 2021, that she uh, that, that she decided that she wanted to look into it. And as soon as she starts looking into it, as you said, uh, she finds out they're going to come and install this trusted build, which isn't like installing a new version of your uh, uh, Microsoft Word. This actually overwrites the entire uh, hard drive of your system. So everything there, all the elections, uh, were erased when they did that. So she knew she had to do a backup. She tried to get the county IT to help her do the backup. She went through every, uh, every proper channel and could not get timely, you know, could not get a backup done in time before they were going to arrive. So she took some extraordinary measures, and I, I, you know, I applaud her for that because we wouldn't know any of this if she hadn't done that. And 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 Joe, you know, this 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 something that kind of gets lost in the cracks here. It's like a dirty little secret. Uh, I, I have since found out that that most of the counties in this country are not properly backing up their their election systems. Uh, they're supposed to. There's even laws in a lot of places and, and, uh, and statutes uh, that, that, that backups are made and kept. Uh, but they're, they're not. Uh, and this is almost being lost in the cracks. And, and that is why you, know, you can say, well, wasn't there already a backup of the election system? No, there wasn't. Because there was no procedure in place to do that. Uh, and and that's not faulting uh, Tina so much as it's just faulting the entire system that doesn't put any kind of uh, importance on that on the data in that server. And this is a this is a nationwide issue. I'm not saying that nobody backs up because I know a few do, uh, but uh, far far too many don't. And 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 the ones that were you know, Basel wasn't the only place that got this trusted build from Dominion. Uh, Mesa wasn't the only place that replaced their election systems after 2020, no matter what, whether they, no matter what vendor they were using. Uh, and and one now has to question uh, if backups exist of those, if backups exist of any other uh, you know system, there needs to be fundamental policy. And as much as I hate uh, uh, federal interference in, in, in elections, uh, I think it's going to take uh, the federal government to uh, put some uh, teeth uh, to requirement that this information, I mean, they have the, they have the federal retention. That's great, 22 months. Uh, but if they're not backing up and uh, they, don't, they don't, you know, some of the places don't even consider the data on the computer election records, which I've heard that from clerks. So it's, it's an endemic problem. It's, it's, it's something that I believe was created over, over the last you know, several election cycles, if not more. Uh, that so that uh, it would make what happened in 2020 and what's happened to us since uh, all that much easier to do. Okay, so we, we the, it's it's getting easier because they're actually covering up the ways that we can get access to information that show the fraud. While at the same time they're saying nothing to see here, nothing to see here, misinformation, disinformation, misinformation, disinformation. Now they're using bipartisan. You know, Jenna Griswold has this bipartisan uh, voting integrity council that she that she's doing tomorrow, which to me is just it's bunk. Now, with that okay. said, go ahead. No, I was saying, I'm going to surprise you when I say this, but anybody who thinks that that the Republicans as a party are going to ride in and save the day here, you know, I'm reminded of George, paraphrasing George Carlin, 
Um, it's a big uniparty, and you ain't in it. Uh, and, and, and the sooner you realize that, the better. And that's on both sides of the aisle, because if they would, they would have precinct leaders and they would be promoting getting people in positions of power and authority that can actually help lead people in this country. But they don't want that. They, they actually are they, they are just happy enough walking around, divvying up the money, the tax dollars from the American people and being as little uh, tra- having as little transparency as possible. But I want to I want to talk. I want to talk about your yeah, yeah, yeah. your fingerprints of fraud, volume one, right? And so, um, it, if we can, Jared, are you at the helm? Is that who's at the helm right now? Yep. Okay. So if you could pull up page, um, just pull that up, and we'll just run through the different pages. But I want to start with page two, um, because page two goes through. No. Yeah. So the the, the reason why I'm showing you this is. These are all the counties that you got cast vote records on, correct? So you have... For those nine states, yes. For those nine states. So the first state of which is Arizona, then you have California, and then you have um, Colorado, and then you have, um, which is a very large one, you got most, I think every county in Colorado, um, Idaho, Almost. Nevada, uh, New, New Jersey, Ohio, um, Oregon, and... Uh, is that it? West Virginia. West Virginia. Yeah. West Virginia. Okay. So as, as you go through this, now we've, we've gone through this before and we've looked at randomization, which is part of the part one. If you look at page 12, that says, Hey, here's a, you can see that that precinct distribution of a hundred ballot block shows random non-predictable distribution. Wisconsin with mail-in ballots were sorted by precincts. So th- this goes through some of the, the stuff that was problematic in different counties. And because you had so many different counties, it became very easy to find the manipulation. Is that correct, Jeff? Uh, yes. Once I figured out the, uh, uh, the fingerprint, uh, then I was able to, uh, you know, to write, write code, basically, that went in and checked every single one and see which one matched up. And if we and, go to page... And- and if we go to page 16, you'll see two graphs, one of which is a normalized percentage plot of Trump's mail-in ballots by county showing no obvious signs of manipulation. Show, this is what it would normally look like, right? So it settles into and it would go up or down. This is a normal plot of mail-in votes, correct? Yeah, this is, this is, this is very normal. Uh, this is extremely normal. I mean, you, you can even see a, a, there, there potentially could be even a little more variation within that red line. This was happened to be one that was just dead on. All right, so let's look at the other one. Why is this one not normal? It, what it means is that to end up where it ended, at the very right-hand side, to end up where it ended, uh, assuming, again, the, the randomization of the, of the votes, that means that the blue line at the bottom being so far under that red cone, uh, uh, that means that there were too many Biden votes. That's, that's the easiest way to put it. There were, there were too many Biden votes to have had enough to overcome them to get to where it went. In other words, there, there had to have been manipulation. Uh, this, wasn't, this wasn't people voting in that order. Uh, this means that there was an initial uh, manipulation in favor of, of Biden. Uh, and then roughly at, at a quarter, or I mean about uh, you know a third, only approaching half, you can you can see uh, this is the fingerprint. At that point, the control gets gets uh, as it were it, it changes and allows 
uh, allows for the, the Trump vote to uh, be slowly added in uh, so that it you know gets to where the set point that they that they wanted at the end. And and the, the truly amazing thing, which uh, if I'm uh, jumping the gun, I probably the truly amazing thing is that the that, that that line, the blue line, from the middle point to the end, uh, that the the that's where we put it. The math behind that line, the simple math behind that increase, is the same uh, roughly in all 161 counties that show this pattern in those nine states. Okay, it's around 1.1, 1.2 times increases, which. If, if, if an election is predictable, then it's not real. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. And so I want to switch gears. I'm going to move away from your your fingerprint um, um, document, right? The report. And I want to go to the Halderman report because the reason why I want to do that is because I want to show the correlation and I want to, I'm going to ask you some pretty pointed questions. Because the Halderman report is written in such a way that it says an outside influence. And so if you can go to the Halderman report and go to 1.1 principal findings. Now, this says that I show the ICX suffers from critical vulnerabilities. Now, this is just the um, Dominion systems in Georgia. There are multiple different systems. This was a replacement system, brand new system by Dominion, right? So it's, it's the latest and greatest, correct? Yes. All right. So latest and greatest, it says the ICX suffers from critical vulnerabilities and can be exploited to subvert all the security mechanisms, including user authentication, data integrity protection, access control, privilege separation, audit logs, protective counters, hash validation, and external firmware validation. Demonstrate that these vulnerabilities provide multiple routes by which attackers can install malicious software on Georgia's BMDs, either with temporary physical access or remote from election management systems. End stop. Now, let me ask you a question, Jeff. Mm -hmm. Based on this, if you were a guy that worked for Dominion Voting Systems and you were on the inside, you wouldn't have to hack it given all these vulnerabilities, would you? Uh, you, would, you would not have to. Um, if you, however, it depends on how much you want your own fingerprints to show up. Um, okay. You know, I... Yeah, and, and, and these vulnerabilities that are shown in the Halderman report, which kind of, if you recall, last year there was a, uh, a government report on these systems from Dominion that, that listed, I think, nine uh, critical, critical vulnerabilities. Uh, uh, this, this, is, this, this is showing that the barn door is open and unlocked. Uh, and and if, you, if you look at it, uh, you know, my, the fingerprints of fraud shows that there's manipulation. The correlation between the fingerprints at Mesa shows that what happened in Mesa, which was uh, something inside the machine, uh, some software inside the machine that did that. Uh, well, the question then is, well, how did that software get there and how did it get its, uh, uh, its marching orders? Uh, and, and so what, what the Halderman report and these other things are, are finding, and, and frankly, if you go back to Mesa report number two, uh, an excellent read from Doug, Doug Gould, mainly, uh, you know, it, it, it shows all of these vulnerabilities that gives them a, a really a, 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 a menu uh, of a buffet 
of different ways that they can get into the system uh, to, to program it. Okay, so so we know that the Mesa the Mesa system was was manipulated in twenty twenty one, correct? At twenty and at twenty twenty, yes, both elections. But but we know that for a fact based upon the factual data, the evidence that came out of the system, correct? That that is that is correct. That is correct. Something in that system reprocessed reprocessed ballots uh, on its own, and. So that, so we know that to be a fact. We also know that the access logs, the the logs inside of the Mesa County logs, so the audit logs, the um, um, uh, what's it called? The uh, help me. What is wrong with me today? The, win the Windows level logs, the, the 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 operating system logs, are not available. They're not available, but they could be available maybe at Dominion. Dominion could have stored those off on site, correct? I have, I have been told by uh, a couple people, mild, mild whistleblowers, uh, that, that Dominion does keep backups of all of their, uh, of their clients, of all of their systems. So they very well may have it depending upon when, they, uh, when their backup is. So... All the things that you saw in your reports, one, two, and three, three being the most damning, uh, most actually the most action-filled, I would say. I think the, all three of them are damning, but action-filled. What, what are we doing here, guys? What are you, what are you doing? Okay, three, the three that are action-filled. Um, you have your fingerprint report which shows the irregularities from a mathematical standpoint and the fact that it's it's impro it's not only improbable it's impossible for it to happen that way you got the Haldeman report that shows those vulnerabilities exist in in wide form from audit logs all the way down doesn't so much mention the logs from the the security standpoint from uh antivirus but that would be a log that would show any sort of outside intrusions correct it should. Okay, but those don't exist either because, and, and I'm trying. I'm getting to something, Jeff. I'm trying to put all this together in one big bow. Yeah. But at, as we start looking at the big bow, and we put it, we put all this stuff together. They told us back in November, even before the election, safest, most secure election in U.S. history, safest, most secure election in U.S. history. They repeated it over and over and over again. Misinformation, disinformation, misinformation, conspiracy theorists, election deniers. They came up with dog whistle after dog whistle after dog whistle. We had over 5,000 people that signed affidavits across the country on deviations of behavior all over the country, right? You had a ballot guy that drove from New York in the middle of the night down to to pennsylvania with ballots they said that didn't exist turns out they had to admit yep those are ballots you had a shredder truck in in georgia and i'm, and I'm putting this together because you would have to have a system that allowed for these things to happen in order to create mass chaos across the country in order to get to a place where you could subvert and steal an election is that is that basically accurate am i am i at least on to something here Read the title of my of the fingerprints of fraud. Read the actual title, Joe. I'm reading it. The fingerprints Evidence of fraud. Analysis of the multi-state conspiracy to defraud the 2020 general election. Right. Which is what you're talking about here. 
Jeff, do you believe that the 2022 election was stolen as well? There certainly is evidence there. Uh, the kind of uh, the kind of evidence that I use for fingerprints of fraud. Uh, I I knew when we when we did the big push to get the 2020 cast vote records and knew what we were finding that that it, we weren't going to be as fortunate ever again at least until we clean the system up uh, about getting them and indeed it has been very difficult to obtain uh, cast vote records from places that, that willingly gave them out in 2020 are now like hey, we're not so sure we're allowed to do that now uh, uh, however. I think you you have to look at, at you know I, I've done I think the two states that I've done the most look at in in 2022 uh, are the uh, Arizona and Pennsylvania elections uh, and and because I mean th those two are the poster children I think for uh, you know it it just it looks like they weren't fair uh, at all uh, and and. <sighs> Uh, you know, Carrie Lake's race, of course, and uh, Doug Mastriano's race uh, for, govern uh, for governor. And uh, uh, I would also say Dr. Oz's race uh, for Senate. Uh, they, they, there are so many uh, inconsistencies. There are so many problems in so many counties, especially in Pennsylvania. Uh, you don't have to look much further than Maricopa and Arizona, uh, of course, because of its size. Uh, but so to get back to the question, you asked me if I believe so. Yes, I, I do believe so. Do you have factual basis to have that belief? Uh, I think that the factual basis exists, uh, maybe more so from and on this one. I think more so from others' work than than uh, than mine. Uh, that, that people have, have really dug down. And I mean, the you know when you look at Maricopa and you look at the problems they had with the ballots. And the, you know, the Republican sections, uh, and you had the you know the extreme problems with the signatures. Uh, I mean, I mean th those have been established, and there's, there's I'm, you know told by, by those who trust that there's even more to come on that. Um, I, I I think that uh, they 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 uh, I will I will pat the the our entire movement on the back. In that we we did, I think, in 2022, cause them to change some of their methods uh, that they that they had to uh, smooth the edges a little bit. They had to smooth the edges, and they had to go, uh, you know, they, they had to go more kinetic, if you understand, than electronic in some ways, because they learned their lesson in 2020 that uh, the, the the break of one state, Florida, going not the way that they wanted. Uh, cause them to have to panic in the middle of the night and go to more, you know, roll the trucks with the ballots methods when they were hoping they could uh, have this thing in the bag right away and, and you know, not have to, to cause any kind of weird uh, F curves like existed in uh, Wisconsin and Michigan. Uh, and, and uh, you know, the stuff that happened in, in, in Georgia, I think, is well documented. In I think that, that they, they, they learned from that and they learned from what we found uh, that made it, you know, you know, trying to make it harder for us to figure it out in 20, 2022. Uh, that is why, you know, until I get more data, and, and there, there are efforts from grassroots and others all over this country, uh, people going to court to get cast vote records in 2022. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite an effort going on, and there is uh, positive. I mean, it's, they're, they're actually getting uh, uh, judges to listen 
this time to the argument. So I think, I think we're going to end up with a decent amount of data from 2022, but we don't have it yet. We don't have it yet, but you're going to find the same thing. We, I feel like we keep playing from behind because we're not allowed to get access or have transparency into our elections. And we have these discussions. The Halderman report comes out. President Trump gets indicted, which we're going to get to next. We, we constantly are having conversations about elections, election fraud. And yet the outcome is, is that nothing happens. So, so Jeff, we, we have Tina's trial. I'm sorry. We have Tina's trial coming up. Tina, Tina did a covert operation in order to get to the bottom of the fraud because they were not going to allow that to happen. They, her job was in paper only. In other words, it just showed that she represented the people, but in actuality, it didn't represent the people. And they didn't go after her for the information you uncovered. They went after her for procedural sayings of saying that, oh, you, you put this person in there and you used an, an ID. In essence, they went after her for having a covert operation. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. It's, it's, the, it's the old, they can't, they can't argue against what we found, so they're saying we shouldn't know it. You know, it's, it's like, a, you know, it's like a, a criminal, you know, being arrested and saying, you're not supposed to know I did that. Uh, so, you know, how are you arresting me? You're not supposed to know I did that. Uh, it, it, is, it is that. And, and I just want to point out, pounding this over and over again, if Tina had not done what she was doing, there would be no Mesa 1, 2, 3 report. There would be no fingerprints of fraud report. There would be a number of other things that have come from that, that, that now is, are being you know, very useful and used. It, they would have shut it off. And that is why they are so angry to this day uh, about it because their lives would be significantly easier right now if Tina had not done what she did. Uh, and and it, it, just, it, it was entirely the, the correct and proper thing to do. She did her job. That's, that's ultimately what she did. She did her job. She did her job in the only way that she could do it. So as we, as we, get, as we get deeper into this and we go, we go to court, I have reservations I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, I have reservations about her attorney because her attorney wants to argue semantics over the, the technicalities of what they say she did. He does not want to get to the, the meat of it to say, listen, I have an obligation to protect my constituents, the people that elected me. And when it goes so deep that it includes the Jenna Griswold and the entire apparatus, what what other choice did she have than to figure out a way to have a comparative a before and after to show that they actually broke election law? Is it possible? Yeah, that, that's right. That's right. I mean, that shows, you know, they, the old saying, it's sometimes, a lot of times it's not the crime, it's the cover-up, you know, that, that, that gets people. Right. And, and the, the, that was the cover-up. That was indeed the cover-up, and it, and it didn't work because of Tina. And uh, that's, that's really all I can say. It's just, it's just true. If it hadn't been for that, uh, you know, we wouldn't know a lot of the things. We know, you know, other, there, there are, of course, other findings in other places. But I can't possibly uh, overstate how important having that image from Mesa County was. 
Um, so I want to I want to say this. There's Harvey uh, Harvey Steinberg is her attorney in Denver, and I've heard him say to her that I don't want to get political. I don't want to get into the politics of this, Jeff. What does that tell you about what 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 I mean? What 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 does your gut say when the lawyer that's supposed to represent Tina Peters says I don't want to get into the politics of this? What does that tell you? It tells me that they have, uh, after two years of, of lawfare, they have every attorney uh, afraid that if they bring up this in a political way, they're going to get uh, they're going to get censured, they're going to get disbarred, they're going to get whatever because that's what's going on all over the place. So you know, I would suspect, at least in part, that is what's going on here. He, he is, is afraid uh, that that if if this you know if he mentions uh, any of the details of what of what she did, what it means, you know, of what what effect has come from it, uh, that that he himself is going to be in trouble. And I say that because I have seen it so many times in other attorneys and other cases. Uh, they're they're more than happy to, you know, they're they're more than happy to uh, take a defamation case. You know, when somebody gets defamation, and I expect you you know more about this than I do. Uh, but but they they will not, they don't want to touch the, uh, the actual meat of the defamation. Uh, they, they, they want to skirt around it and use, uh, you know, try to use the, 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 the strict interpretation of the law of defamation. And if, and if they didn't have to mention what the topic was, they, they, they're happy. They don't want to mention the topic. They don't want to get into it. Uh, I have seen this uh, too many times. It's hard to criticize i mean I, I i'm very critical of lawyers in general i always have been although i have some very good friends who are and and frankly most of those also criticize, criticize lawyers, lawyers. lawyers. They are lawyers. good lawyers do uh, criticize other lawyers yeah yeah uh but uh it's hard to criticize them because it is their livelihood and uh i mean the the other side is so well funded uh, and has control of the media. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think that, uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll pick one. You know, I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think anybody at the Lincoln Project has had to miss a meal in the last two years. I would agree. I would agree uh, with that. We're, we're going to take, Jeff, think... Jeff, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Tori's going to join us. Hilarious um, commercial. I love to... it. I haven't <laughs> seen that one before. With the chat, G, or the DCF, GPT? DCF, yeah, we... that's hilarious. We, uh, we try to be as, as funny with that stuff as possible. Uh, Tori, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. How are you doing, Jeff? Long time no see. I'm doing good. It's been almost a year now. Yes. So, uh, that's the last time I saw you. Yeah. Yes. Doing, I'm glad doing, to see that you're doing well. <laughs> that's fantastic. We, so, so you guys have been talking about elections and what Tina Peters did, right? You know, and then I, I thought maybe we could just kind of just bring this up because it really was i saw a headline that went through my feed that you know they're investigating ron DeSantis because he moved 82.5 million dollars from his re residual gov governor campaign funds to his a federal super PAC. the question that i have is that's 82.5 million dollars residual as governor like what are people buying 
you know like that's an insane amount of money what are we buying you know comparing it like dewine who has been a dinosaur in ohio politics with his son you know as, as a supreme court you know judge that's in it raised three million eighty two point five million as governor i mean come on what are people buying you know we're looking at elections at the ballot box but we also need to see from the petition you know and look at their finances i mean i really am interested to see who funded 82.5 million dollars for desantis and for some reason and now he's moving it from a state pack to, to a, a federal, federal pack. pack yeah and that's that? illegal that's what they were saying in the article somewhere like that's illegal and they're looking at it but you know I, I the more you think of it the more you're just like what is this are we electing people or buying them and who's who's the owner because it's definitely not you or me so who's the owner i i found that you know astounding and again not just a ballot box that they steal elections right from petition to exclude right and then finances they will crush you with their money if you're not in the crowd you're not getting elected because they will crush you i mean we really need to revamp the way we look at elections not only how they're conducted but also how they begin you know well well we we even the idea now now we're just kind of sp we're spreading out the conversations i want to i want to DeSantis is a problem DeSantis is a problem and we know that they're going to stand up DeSantis. and now you have billionaires that are coming out saying that youngkin should be the next presidential candidate so you have a, a possibility of youngkin that the governor of virginia entering the race and who is he tied to the carlisle group which is tied to what dominion voting systems right it's it's not a mistake that he actually won they literally are dividing up the spoils of the country mm. amongst themselves and leaving us out of the conversation and the only person that is keeping us in the conversation is a man named president donald j trump that's yes, the only is. person that's keeping us in the conversation that's the only person that is keeping us at, with a seat at the table and while they indict him, indict him, indict him, impeach him, impeach him, impeach him. That's good that they're impeaching him. Look, we need precedent. How are we going to impeach previous presidents if they don't make the precedent for us? Now I want to see Obama get rated. Let's well, see him get rated. It's not going to happen. Huh? It, the, the, huh? The, the seeds are too deep. The apparatus is too deep. It's don't too deep. don't count your chickens before they hatch. Oh, man, I, 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 would, <laughs> love, I would love to see it happen. We but need when to you have people, him. When you have people at the highest level like Millie that are literally daring and poking and provoking China. Reading their script and doing, yep. I mean, it, it, is, uh, it, it is definitely that. And now we're, now we're faced with an indictment. So Jeff, I gotta ask you the question, and Tori, I want you to chime in on this. The indictment, Jeff. It's a circus. It's, ab it's absolutely a, a circus. Uh, I think we've all had a chance to read through or at least read through summaries of, of the, uh, uh, the indictment. Uh, and, and, you know, there, it's, it's, it's just a fishing expedition. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know what more I can, I can, I can say about that. You, you would have to, you, you would have to indict half of Washington if what, uh, Donald Trump did with that, uh, with that information. Well, can uh, I is, can, is true. can I just really? ask a, a quick question though, Jeff? Mm -hmm. You know it is, sure. but 
What is the document that they don't allow us to see that was part of the indictment, considering that the Halderman report has now been unsealed and we're seeing movement in things? What was it exactly that was introduced into evidence that was on, under a seal that the president has every right to see, you know, that kind of just went public? Does anybody know why they popped that seal? No. <laughs> No, I don't know why, although it's it's it speaks wonders. It's the questions people aren't That's asking it. that are the most interesting ones. And that is, uh, you know, why did Donald Trump feel like he needed to have those, have possession of those is question number one. What, the documents? And secondly, yes. And, why not? And, and, you know, nobody's asking, you know what I mean? I think you know, Donald Trump doesn't do many things without a reason. And, uh, you know, the second one is also, what was, was, was like you're saying, one of those documents probably you know, might even come down to one, triggered them badly. And, and the question is, what, what was that document? So you're, you're dead on, I think. Well, you know, I've been trying to get a hold of this Halderman report legally sourced so I can publicize it. And the only thing I was able to obtain throughout the lawfare that I engaged in uh, was two documents. They were unredacted summaries. Um, and Halderman refused to go by with the subpoena. And it was actually Dominion's attorneys, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that stepped in to represent Halderman, saying that SZA said that there is a seal. I even tried to um, sue the federal judge, you know, that was Tottenberg that was sitting on it, right? So if you're the president of the United States and you know in 2017 they examined the machines because they were upset you won, right? And they started a lawsuit because they were upset you won. But then the findings of that lawsuit determine that there's huge flaws in our elections and suddenly a federal judge decides I'm going to sit on the findings and seal it. No one is allowed to have any part of this report. Why would you do that when it was, you know, imperative that we have this information in order to protect our elections? The only reason you do that is because you want to steal elections. And now maybe some of those documents were the Halderman report. And since that's going to be introduced into record, I guess maybe that triggered the unsealing of that case. No? Because you always want to get ahead of things. So there could be more coming down the pipeline on elections because that seal was broken. Okay, so let me, let me, let me just say this on, the, on the, the indictment and things coming down the pipe. We are three years into what is obvious. It's obvious. It is, it is overly obvious that we are in a, what can only be called a, a kangaroo state. This is not a Banana serious Republic. country. <laughs> yeah. It's not a serious country. It's a hunter. And, 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 be, and yes. we know this is the case. And so what happens before a collapse happens? Exactly what's happening right now. You get to the place where there's, there's zero there's zero reliability and or sensibility. It, and this is not the first time in history that that a nation has fallen. It's not the first time. They're running the playbook uh, step by step, Joe. I mean, I mean, if you look at I mean, the, the, any socialist country that got taken over, you know, first they they infiltrate the government. Secondly, they 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 steal the election. 
Thirdly, they start jailing the supporters of the old guy. And lastly, they either kill or imprison the old leader. I mean, and then, then they start then they start nationalizing and taking over the industry. We're, we're, we're there right now. I mean, this, it's step by step. I mean, they're, they're going right from, you know, you know, whoever, Castro's book, uh, whatever, you, you name Ortega, whoever you want to name. We need uh, to start. I agree, Jeff. We need to start looking at elections differently. It's not left and right. It's commies and America first. You're either a communist or you're not. That's it. And we have to be very careful. Well, yeah, we, we had the students coming down. Go ahead. Say, say that again, Jeff. I, I hate that we're there. You know, you know, damn them. I mean, in the in the true word, meaning of the word, for, for putting us into a position. Uh, you know, because you know, none of us want there to be sides in America, even though they push us that way. Black against white, straight against gay. They want you know, they want these sides to keep us more against each other. But in this particular case, you know, they, they've manipulated into a situation uh, where, where to, to ignore that and not proceed accordingly is to, to lose, is just to give up. Uh, so I hate that we're there, but unfortunately, that's where we are. Well, well let's, let, let's, let's examine that for a minute. Tori, you have an affidavit that you did in November of 2020. Yes. Now, Jeff, I don't know if you've got a chance to see this affidavit. I, I, I suspect you haven't, but this is the affidavit that Tory filed in November of 20, I think it was November. Yep, well, it is, November it is. 2020. Yeah, uh, I think it was the 21st. Hold on a second. Well, I wrote it earlier, but I just had to tidy it up, so. November 29th, 2020. And in this report, if, guys, if you can pull this up, this is B3. Um, in this report is a lot of information related to Jeff, the information that you have provided in all three of the Mesa reports, and more specifically in the uh, fingerprints of fraud. Yes. Right? Fingerprints of fraud, but things that you see in the Haldeman report where I go into extensive discussions about utilizing COT software, you know, when they get their firmware updates. You know, that's the important thing and how Akamai played a role and how they were pinging and how DHS was controlling it. It's extremely important that people understand how these machines work. Um, I even put down the simple algebra <laughs> of how they cheat. I gave the formula literally in there, um, something that I had published in 2019. Uh, you know, I, I put an extensive um, and very well sanitized um, report uh, that I could stand by. The, the funny thing is, is that in the states that it was presented, Almost every affidavit was discussed by the judge, and mine was always skipped over. So Never why, have they adjudicated why was it, why was on it skipped my, over? Well, because the evidence is damning, you know, and at the bottom, uh, at the end of it all, you know, I say if you don't take what I say in consideration, take into consideration what cryptologists have said, that when there's, you know, the zero proof theory, you can't prove there is fraud and you can't prove there isn't because of the way it's set up with the counting software. Therefore, that does not provide us confidence in our elections and that should be taken into account too. I mean, I thought we had them nailed 
considering in 2017, I had sent out communications to all of Congress and the Senate, and I think I make mention of that in my affidavit, where I advised them in the summer of 2017 that the machines for the upcoming elections were not certified. And so none of them communicated, but Wyden did to Pro VNB, to well, Jack Cobb. Well, what happened in 2018? We, we know what happened in 2018. Republicans lost the majority in the Senate and the exactly. House. Exactly. And there was no quorum at the EAC either. But they lost the majority in the House and the Senate. I mean, see how big that is, Jeff. That's not the trend yeah, that right. was happening in this country. The trend was we wanted more, we wanted our country back. We, we got a taste of it in 2017. In 2018, we wanted our, we basically said, listen, it's going in the right direction. Everything is going in the right direction. And yet the votes in 2018 did not match what the sentiment was of the people across the nation. Well, that's why I put in those reports, because I knew what was coming. They were going to take the house and they did. They stole it. And the thing is, there's evidence that I communicated with Congress and Senate. Like I said, Senator Wyden actually responded and sent a letter in October of 2017 to Jack Cobb telling him how important it is that they remain certified. And I, you know, provided that as evidence. That was the work I did while people were busy with Mueller and all these things, you know. And while they're very important topics to look at, Right? The bottom line is you fix nothing. You can catch all the traffickers you want, right? You can, uh, you know, do all the FBI investigations you want. But if you don't have your elections, you're not free. And so I would be focusing on that. That's why, you know, when people came out saying, I don't know what I'm talking about, it's like I used to rig elections in other countries. That was like part of my job scope. The Ukrainian elections in 2014. I was part of the team that put that together. In fact, federal taxpayer dollars of the United States paid for it, right? Because after the Burisma guy got caught in the UK, John Kerry and Joe Biden had a deal with the UK to release him, right? This is what happened. This is the beginning, right? And suddenly the exchange was, you're going to put Heinz, you're going to put Hunter Biden on the board. At the same time, Obama signed a big Ukraine bill for those elections that were the quid pro Joe, saying that, hey, we're going to contribute all this money to conduct elections by deploying 250 permanent employees to help usher elections in Ukraine and, you know, 1,200 temporary employees, which... Um, almost every single one of them was screened by me. So, you know, a a again, right, there's a lot of, you know, speculation, but this is huge. You know, the coupling of our elections being stolen and Hunter Biden's laptop and the DOD's wallet right now not being able to balance and us having forked up $40 billion to Ukraine and we have nothing to show for and no weapons are going. Are we sending pillows and blankets? like Obama, you get where I'm going with yeah, this. I do. It's I do. all the perfect storm to take them down for Rico. So the, the reason why I, pro, I bring this correlation together because Jeff has worked tirelessly in Colorado and across the country on cast boat records and some of the things that I found inside of your um, affidavit hmm. were... Pretty good, right? They, 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 they show, Jeff, and again, 
I mean, I don't know how much time you spent with Tori. Have you spent a lot of time with Tori? Not much. Uh, not, not, not much. Not enough. Uh, All right. So, so you but, haven't spent a lot of time with Tori. So I'm going to ask you this question. So how did what Tori had align with what you had and you had to literally walk through this if this doesn't prove, this is where I get the factual basis. If the factual basis of your reports is so spot on and the factual basis of what Tori wrote in her affidavit is so spot on, how in the world can two come to the same conclusion with all of the information that's been provided if it's not factually accurate? Oh, so he has the same conclusions as me. Fantastic. Well, yes. And, and go ahead. Sorry. To, uh, go ahead. No, finish. go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. That, no, that's, that's what I wanted to say. Fantastic. But yeah, I I just in in the the Mesa report and the fingerprints of fraud report, I used uh, nothing from anyone else. In other words, that was done from data that I had. Uh, I didn't use anything that I couldn't touch, see, recreate. Uh, so, so yes, and, and, and you know, uh, Tori's not the only one that's come up with, with very similar things. Uh, it's like, you know, you know, Mike talks about the different views of the uh, robbery, you know, uh, and, and that's the, when, when you have all these different views and, and they're not, you know, uh, they're not sharing, you know, data, they're not, there's, not, there's nothing in between them and they all come up with, with, this, with a view of the same event and, and roughly, you know, you know what you're, you, you know uh, that, that you're you're on to the truth, and and, and you know if, if you don't mind, you know, I mean, 2018, I have no doubt, uh, was was uh, stolen uh, using the uh, what they had available at the time. And 2017, uh, and, and, and 2019, yeah. it was yeah. And, and what was important? I mean, they, uh, you know, I've I've, I've been told uh, by people that. You know, the plan was that was their that was their plot to get rid of Trump. They needed the House so they could get impeachment against him, and they needed to shave the Senate as close as they could because they figured they'd get a few of the Republicans to jump ship. Trump would be gone in a few months, and it'd be uh, high times for them. And, so, uh, so, so, what do you mean? So, you mean the Haldeman report that found that there were inconsistencies in the machines for the 2016 elections, right, and 2017? And 2018, and 2019, and 2020, yep. they sat on it because they wanted to steal the house. Hmm? Sounds kind they, of on point, have, rather than exposed, yeah. right? And if they would have had the the uh, uh, nearly unrestricted mail-in voting in 2016 and 2018 that they got in 2020, uh, Hillary would have been president, and the Senate would have gone two in 2018. I'm yeah, but there were good that. people that knew Jeff where these closets were deploying the algo scripts, right? And good people in yes. 2016 made sure that they wouldn't be able to deploy them. That's why in Georgia, DHS got caught, right? DHS got caught because someone smashed stuff up, you know, because they knew what was coming. And that should have been, the curling case should have shown the deficiencies in our machines. The fact that Kemp found dhs in the machines should have been that point where we're like where is our digital state sovereignty right these are the things that we should have you know been focused on more than chasing ballots because like many people said then and i and i believe i put it in the affidavit too i'm not sure if i did or not but i've been saying it forever the digital votes the manipulation of the votes is one thing the ballots 
they can manufacture post the election. All anyone has to do is look at the 2014 Ukraine elections. Everything that happened in the United States in 2020 happened there in 2014 to the T right, where they stopped counting in the middle of the night and suddenly the guy that Obama and Biden wanted was in office. Same exact thing and then, you know, obviously our agencies put the story together that it was a hacker group, but if you actually paid attention to what was first reported, they said that they had the encryption keys for the counting software in the machines. So there, there was a lot going on in 2014. They tried to counter it. You know, but it was identical to what happened in 2020, and no one's looking at history. I mean, aren't we supposed to do that, Joe? You say that all the time. We got to look back in history to figure out, you know, and learn from it. We're not paying attention at all, and it's terrible. And what we need to be focusing on now more than ever are securing our elections, you know, because no soon it'll all be digital and you'll have no control. Without that, there's, there, there is nothing, uh, nothing else. Uh, you're absolutely right. And, you know, what else I've uncovered, and not only me, other people, uh, it is that, you know, for, for many, for decades, there's a culture of, you forget the word fraud for a minute, let's use maladministration. There is a culture of, of maladministration and, and, and frankly, uh, uh, acceptable levels of... <sighs> trying to think of a word sometimes words are hard uh people are just not trained they're not uh they're not good at their jobs uh they're, they're not it's not stressed to them how important their job is okay. uh, and this is a culture of this all over and it, and it created the perfect storm for what we're seeing now what do you mean by the jobs thing though i'm 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 not so, so I, I have a question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip over that for one second because I have to ask a question. Because, Tori, you and I talked about this last night. Yes. Okay. And, and I want to I point this out because we keep, they are purposely writing articles that say Dominion is, these are, oh, it's, it's pretty sooner or later they're going to be put out of business and it's because of all these misinformation and disinformation. And like, even though we have all of this proof, you have a big mouth that worked for Dominion, that ran his mouth. I happen to be on that call. Based on all the information that we have, what would be more likely that it happened inside of Dominion with people inside of Dominion or outside of Dominion and it was done by some outside hack? What is a more probable outcome based upon what we found in Georgia and what we found in different states related to the information you provided? And that, by the way, that's a, that's, a, that's a deep question, right? Is it an inside job or is it an outside job? Right. Could it, is it more probable that all of this would favor someone on the inside of Dominion that pushes buttons and pulls levers because they're inside because they know the whole architecture or someone on the outside? I, I hand over to you, Jeff. Which one? I, I'd be, you know, I, I'd beware anyone who comes up with uh, theories that absolve Dominion from responsibility. And there are a number of people and a number of theories out there that's like, okay, yeah, uh, this happened, but it, it, it was rogue hackers, as, as, uh, as Tori just uh, pointed out, what happened in Ukraine. It was rogue actors, and, 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 and I don't want them to create an environment where someday Dominion can say, 
oh, what a shame the counties didn't secure their own systems. Oh, we're so sorry about that, but well, it wasn't us. Uh, and and I, I would, I, you know, I, I, to me, you know, it could not have happened without the help of all of the vendors. Uh, I, I don't want to leave the other ones out. I don't want them to get their feelings hurt. Uh, you know, and, and the fact that it is all uh, of them uh, is huge. That, that's what that's one of the I think the, the thing that, that popped out in my in my report when I was writing it more than anything else. Uh, when I realized that, that this wasn't just one of the vendors uh, that matched this pattern, uh, it, it shows how deep the uh, uh, the hole goes uh, as far as the well. Uh, to, to answer your question, though, you were going to ask uh, uh, Tori about the job. Uh, you, you do a lot of stuff on computers, right? A lot mm. of data stuff, right? Yeah. Um, how often do you back up your work? All the time. Oh, you do. Okay. But is what you are you part of the government and what you're doing? Is it part of a critical infrastructure of our country? You would always have to back it up. The point is, you know, why is not day one uh, of, of when they have these meetings of all the, the, the county clerks and things like that? Why isn't day one? Uh, here is how to do what everyone else who is serious about their job does. You know, make sure you back up your data so you don't lose it. And, and I've now found enough places that are not backing up. And, and, and frankly, they're like, oh, I have to back this up? That kind of questions? Okay. That's what I'm talking about. It, it's, a, it's a culture of uh, just not teaching people how to do their job correctly. And, well, and, and it, again. But that would assume yeah. that these election companies are private companies. <laughs> you know, and, because, because well, 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 no, no, no. Look, I mean. You know, InQtel is a private company, right? But is it? It's CIA. Sys Security is a private company. Is it? It's 100% DHS. <clears throat> so, riddle me this. If you guys were paying attention throughout President Trump's uh, service to our country in an official capacity, um, we had a Senate and a House that passed laws that federalized our elections. If you remember, they passed a law with the FEC saying that they would be able to take tax dollars and match donations. You know, in, in the meantime, they passed laws that forfeited digital sovereignty of every state. Uh, DHS offered for $20 a year to handle all state.gov uh, IP traffic where they will mine, monitor, and maintain for them. This is why when you go to your election boards, the people really running the elections are DHS. In other words, our elections are federalized and they're being posed as independent when they're supposed to cater to the fourth unelected branch of government that put them there in the first place. So the only way you take away that power and give it back to the people is by disallowing them to manipulate the votes and the only way we do that is that we don't reinvent the wheel and we keep it as simple as possible just some things are not reinvented and that should be one of them we can move forward in technology and apply it in many other ways and in many other uh, areas of our government and our society but when it comes to elections we have to say no i i agree fully i'm gonna i'm gonna i, I do want to hear a little bit of uh you and jeff uh, discuss some of the reports that you have versus some of the information he has. We have up on deck the Haldeman report. We have the fingerprints of fraud. 
We have your affidavit. And so, Jeff, I, I don't know uh, how much more time you have. How much more time do you have? Do we, can we have We have for? another 15 minutes, I do. You do? Yeah. Um, I have a hard stop at 2 uh, Eastern. Okay, so I'm going to let you guys have a little bit of a discussion. I'm going to step away for a minute because I have to handle an emergency out in the hallway. Um, and I'm going to let you guys discuss that. You have all access to those reports, but I'd like to discuss and let people hear about the correlation between these these different things. And if you look at page uh, 19 of your report, Toria talks about Seidel and Dominion having an agreement. They're the only ones that know the parameters. They, they only have access to backdoors mm -hmm. and the hardware. Um, so I'd like to kind of have that discussion. I'm going to hand it over to you for a minute and I'll be back. Okay. Are you giving me that too? If you want. All right. <laughs> Let's take a look. How do I do this? It's connected. Yeah. So you have the Haldeman report, the fingerprints fraud, and then you have the information related to that. Okay, okay Jeff, perfect. giving it back to you. Pull me down for a minute, will you? Just have Not a story, a Jeff. Uh, yeah, give me just a sec. I got to tweak something. Sorry, guys. I just got a, a little bit of a... Can I unplug this? You can. Just move it over. Yeah. Oh, there we go. All right. Enjoy the conversation between the two of them. Uh, two, yeah, they, they understand everything that's happening in the elections. I'll be right back. Oh, well, Jeff, I wanted to kind of take it a little bit sideways. Are you game? So we could take it a little bit sideways on the elections? Sure, go ahead. So, you know... How do you believe this can be remedied? I want to start there because, you know, we can sit here and compare notes, which like Joe said, you know, you and I didn't exchange notes yet. My affidavit is identical to your findings, which means that there is merit to those findings, obviously merit to what I said. So we already know this and we've, you know, been having discussions online like many people have, right, about, um, you know, these, uh, the election fraud and how it's done. I want us to kind of like live right now, like kind of think, like, how do we fix this? Like, how do we fix this in a way where we can get all Americans on board? Uh, I, I think that uh, that's the the. the, the the $100 billion question uh, that you just asked. And uh, the, the ultimate answer that I have is that, that our, the, the parts of our government uh, at, at both a federal and a state level that uh, are involved in, in, in running our elections, uh, it needs to be rebuilt from the ground up because there too much time has passed, too many... There, there's just too much bad law. There's been too many bad actors who have slipped uh, things into there. You know, I, I got asked that the other day on a small piece of this. Somebody asked, what do we have to do to fix the registration problems? Because that's mm -hmm. a, a huge part of this. And I said, there's only one answer. And that is every state needs to uh, re-register. And they need to re-register re uh, with software that is transparent. Uh, that, you know... You, you can get from most states. Uh, but what know, do you mean so, register? Register as a voter <laughs> or as a political party? Sorry, voter registration. The vote, mm -hmm. It starts voter. You know, it has to start there uh, because that's the fuel uh, in a lot of ways. You know, to to their to their cover up and to to how they do all this. 
uh, it needs to be done. And it needs to be, you know, if Florida is an example where you can get a, a, a digital copy of their voter registration and, and voter history um, every month. Uh, that's all well and good. Uh, I think that should be, you know, that's, that's a great thing that is, that is uh, you know, transparent. But what has to be transparent is when uh, records are added, when records are, if they're deleted, when they're deleted. Well, why do when, we need to register, though? Jeff, don't you think that it would be a lot easier that we just require people to provide, you know, state identification, simple, like your driver's license? Because if we can actually in, increase the budgets, and, well, we don't even need to increase. We just need to make it more efficient. Where our DMV slash BMV, Bureau of Motor Vehicles, Department of Motor Vehicles, depending on what your state calls it, if we can actually ensure the um, accuracy and that the people that hold driver's licenses are distinguished from uh, U.S. citizens and non-U.S. citizens, which is pre pretty much just one simple algorithm remedy, just the way it excludes people under 18, we should have one that excludes uh, people that are not, uh, you know, naturalized U.S. citizens. And so, it, you know, we shouldn't force people to register. What if they don't want to vote? But what we should do <coughs> is ensure that we can have a valid identification that can be checked. If that could be done nationwide, uh, and, and again, sorry about it, and, and again, uh, transparently in that you know, all parts of the system are, uh, sorry, <laughs> she's okay. Uh, all parts of the system uh, are, you know, can be inspected, uh, then, you know, that, that would work. There's nothing magical about, uh, about voter registration. Uh, you, you're right. It's just, uh, again, it doesn't matter if it's going to be replaced with that. It has to be rock solid that, uh, you know, obviously the DMV and other things have to be involved. There have to be links to make sure that if somebody is a convicted felon and has lost their voting rights, that that is uh, immediately known. Uh, that would imply, to me, no more mail-in voting, uh, because you know I, I want people to, to show their that that state uh, ID to someone who can check it right there. Uh, I mean, I mean, the, the traditional absentee voter is somebody who is documented infirm, out of the country, military. I mean, that 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 system worked fairly well for for decades and decades until it was uh, recently co-opted. Uh, but as far as just somebody, you know, who's, who's too lazy to, you know, go down to the, uh, uh, the voting center uh, to vote, then, uh, uh, you know, I don't really, uh, I don't think we, we should, you know, factor those, those people in. Uh, you know, voting is voting, and it is so important that we know who is voting and that they are uh, qualified to vote. Uh, in, in in their state, so so you know if, if a system uh, was proposed that was extremely transparent, as I said, and obviously nationwide, because uh, you know if if you would do this in one state uh, and not the neighboring state, uh, then they're just going to put all their efforts into the state that uh, that doesn't do it. But uh, yeah, I would say I could. Uh, that's a very interesting, and, and that, that could possibly work. Jeff, we have Tori back here in a second. She's alive. Okay. The, uh, 
All right, so I'll just uh, I'll just keep on that a little bit. I'll keep answering the question that she that she asked, and that's how to fix this. Uh, it's and, and I'd be lying if I said it was an easy fix because it it, it involves laws, uh, it involves uh, procedures, uh, which are sometimes worse than laws, and it involves people uh, who are entrenched in the system. Uh, you know. I, our, our intelligence agencies need to be uh, demonstrably separated from uh, from our elections. Uh, you know, if, if, if they want to go and invest foreign or go investigate foreign uh, interference and things like that, well, yeah, that's fine. That's their job. But in terms of anything in this country, they can they, they need to be cut out of it completely. Uh, while I'm not for I'm not a big fan of federalizing elections. Uh, what, what the last few years, a few election cycles have shown, to me anyway, is that the, the states uh, and the counties are not taking certain aspects of this seriously enough. And, there, and given the fact that, you know, I agree that our elections are a critical infrastructure uh, of, our, of our country. And given that, uh, there, there have got to be, I think, I would be for some, some federal guidelines that would require, uh, you know, go go a step further than data retention. For instance, I, I, I would, uh, I would love to see uh, a requirement that, you know, that actually states the, you know, the, what particular documents uh, and and pieces of data and things like that uh, are included in the all data. Because uh, yeah. the fact that the, ah, oh, you're back. Yeah, sorry. Federal statute says, you know, all data uh, pertaining to the election gives them the wiggle room, gives some counties and states the wiggle room to say, oh, well, that's not really part of our election. And, and it really is up to them to decide that. And I think that has to, uh, that has to be quantified. I think that uh, I, I would support a, a bill that requires... We don't need bills, though, Jeff. Well, I, I, we well, have the, don't we don't we have like the infrastructure ready at our DMV to just put the right algorithm and exclude yes, non-US yes. citizens and we can Actually, real time check you know the IDs I mean people at Target can you know I think yeah, I, that, you moved know on from that I agree that, that that idea if it can be done if it can be rolled out nationally and have the proper checks and balances and transparency then, then that may well work because, there's, like I said, there's nothing magical uh, about voter registration. Right. Um, well, you know, people, people can, don't have to register, though, Jeff. Right? Well, they don't have to. If you live in the area, you have that right, and you can check. I mean, what, we're going to force people to register? What if they don't want to? Because, see, when they register, then they sell that voter data to things like Rock the Vote that not only get all your private identifying information, but you don't know what measures their CTO has in place, right, to uh, ensure your data. And then all these people have all this information on you. I mean, you know, you're just, you're the consumer being consumed, and we don't need all that. We don't need to register. My ID is at the, you know, state agency, and they see it, and that should be it. We don't need laws. We need to make sure that we are enforcing the the things that we have. I think, like, we need to, you know, figure that out because we're constantly making more. Of, you know, I, I hear this all the time, and you know, I'm just like, why can't we just make sure that the, you know the BMVs and DMVs are not retail, right? We take that right away. You know, you are they're privatized now. If you go and get a driver's license or, you know, your license plate, you have to go to a private company, 
right? Because they're the ones that print this stuff and do it. So this is where we have, you know, there are things that we need to keep simple. And I think the one thing we need to do is, you know, have two takeaways. We already have the infrastructure in place. And, you know, the other thing is don't talk while you're chewing gum or you choke like me live. There we go. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, and, and I agree that if it was done right, that would uh, I would get behind that. Uh, I, what I was referring to are laws. Are uh, I think that we've been shown by what I found in 2020 and other people have done and found is that if if there's a role for the federal government, it is. Uh, well, let me just ask this straight out: Would would you favor a a bill that would uh, quantify saying that any any data from uh, from an election? that did not disclose PII, personal information, or the vote of the voter uh, is required to be available to for, for FOIA requests or whatever they call it in their state. So uh, why would we have that bill? So that we can check the data? Uh, absolutely, but basically, no matter what we do to fix this, no matter what we do to fix this, we can never take our eye off the ball again. And right, but, 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 but in order to be able to fix the data, we're going to be able to, we're going to have to be able to see it. And, and that is an obstacle, you know, in my state, you know, a lot of people laughed at me, Jeff, when I ran, I needed to get the 1%, but they're not going to be laughing because, you know, while people are talking about the ballot box being the fraud, right? The only fraud I was actually on the receiving end of a bureau board of elections people and Secretary of State's literally violating state and federal laws to ensure that I wasn't on the ballot. And I documented all of that through state court and even have the Supreme Court on the record saying that they had complete disregard for the law. So now I'm going through the federal court so I can make it the law of the land. You know, because what we are seeing is they're not, so say we fix the counting of the votes. Let's pretend we get paper ballots in. Right. It solves about 75 percent of the issue. Correct. But we have legislation that omits average people from running. We have people that will fight you and crush you with their money. So even if we get our paper ballots, you may not be able to see your own person on the ballot. So when we're talking about election reform, it means putting it all out there and making it the way it was intended to for the people, by the people. Right. Not for the alleged people by the people that own the people, right? And we need to protect our data more. You know, we have so much data out there. If anything, Dinesh D'Souza's, you know, documentary showed, there's a lot out there that anybody can buy and use. And that's something very important. That's why I'm against registering to vote. We should make more efficient our state IDs right, more efficient in real-time updates and to ensure that when pulling lists to see if you are a valid voter, right, that you are a U.S. citizen, that they can check it. That's it. We don't need to, to, to put more lipstick on this pig. We need to make it simple, and that's the way it is, but we have to expose from the beginning to the end, from the petition to the ballot box, and I think you know, this year is going to do just that. We're going to see a lot of that happen, you know, considering what President Trump had that is not classified. See, that's why they went to court. If you have something that was under court seal, is it considered classified? See, here's the question. 
Is it classified? So if I'm the president of the United States, and let's pretend I have the Halderman report, that by federal law, no one's supposed to see unless they're part of the suit, right? Is it a crime if I have that document? Absolutely not. I'm entitled to see it as a president of the United States. But if I didn't store it the way they wanted me to, they can make the argument, right? Do you see where I'm going with this, Halderman? Uh, I am thing? not sitting behind. No, you're not. You're there, we go. there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I choked on my gum that I was chewing oh. while I was talking. Like, I was dying. I'm looking. I, I agree with you. Every, every, every phase needs to be uh, re, uh, redone. And, and you're certainly right that, uh, you know, if, if you look at what happened in a lot of the uh, primaries uh, in, in 2022, uh, it, it was just not at all the method that was intended <laughs> uh, by our founders when they thought how this, this, this system was going to work. Uh, so, so yes, absolutely. And, and uh, as, as far as as far as IDs, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big uh, require uh, ID to vote uh, guy. You know, if. if uh, if, if anyone says that if we if we need changes to our IDs to make this happen, well, you know they just foisted that whole real ID thing. Not real ID. That's like yeah, but we don't. No, Trump did that because he didn't want us to be on the QR code system. Okay. Right, See, right. if you if right, we right. were if we were paying attention to COVID, have the QR yeah. Well, you can't because they need real ID. But what I'm saying is, it's not the IDs themselves. It's the back end, right. Jeff. You know, it's the back end yeah. where we like revamp that. That's all we need. Right, and, right. and make it public again. You know, they, they were able to change that and in in get that through in a, a few short years. Uh, I think that we can get the, the, the changes needed to the back end, uh, you know, done, you know, in the same shorter, hopefully, uh, time frame. I'm trying to find, by the way, we had a rumble rant and I missed it. Um, but I want to give a shout out i think somebody else put up the rumble rant rumble rant rumble rant rumble rant rumble rant i can't find it thank you for the rumble rant um i, I believe that if we don't fix elections no matter how much stuff we expose nothing's gonna get done we need to be focusing on that you know we really need to i know in wisconsin's there's lawsuits we've got some in texas still pending you know, hopefully, you know, with my filing in federal court now, we can get some things going on that end. Um, uh, you know, the lawsuit that's going to be hitting Georgia soon by the people of Georgia that no one knows about yet. You know, that's going to be pretty interesting. So, I mean, I, I, we need to focus on that while the world is crumbling around us uh, for other reasons, um, as it's imperative that we are able to um, ensure we have uh, the ability to have our voices heard at the ballot box and ensure that this fourth unelected branch of government is gutted down to the janitor in every agency because it's pretty bad. Well, I, I tell you what, we are, um, there, there, there's a lot more that we're going to get to the bottom of, especially with the Halderman report. Um, it is going to be, it is going to be a very difficult road if we do not decide to stand up and start correlating all this information and working together on how we come up with a conclusion. And I think that uh, the case against Tina Peters specifically is going to be a case that we are going to have. She's to, that, this. 
it's a big one. And I, I have concerns about our lawyer. I just do. And I have concerns about, you know, the, the system that they can use in order to make sure that they uh, stack the deck on, on the jury. Right. Oh, I mean, yeah. Well, the, with the magic wheel, they're going to make sure they're going to have a jury that's going to be more favorable to the prosecutors. I mean, that's what they do. You walk in at a very disadvantaged, you know, position. It's, it's even justice is AI run and to cater to the fourth unelected branch of government. And remember, federal employees are the ones that we have difficulty firing. And that's who I'm referring to when I speak of the fourth unelected branch of government with, you know, retired admirals and generals at the helm, retired directors of agencies at the helm, right? These are, we're at war. And, you know, and I feel like we're going to have battles that we're losing because people are too busy saying, no, my spot where we're going to fight is better than yours, right? Well, I'm going right. to die on this hill. And it's like, your hill's over there. But if you don't fight on the hill of elections, your hill's not going to mean anything. It's diddly squat because you can't fix it. You might put a Band-Aid on now, but if you don't have the ability to vote people in and be heard, you know, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. That's the way it is. And that's what the problem that we're having. You've been talking about this, Joe. How do we unite people to come to the table and have conversations? They don't want to. Because they want to dedicate their own hills and say, this is the war that we need to fight. And it's like, no, let's go back to the basics. How, do, how are we a free country? Because we have the right to vote. You don't have the right to vote, you're not free. So I don't care if you can chase down corrupt shift, traffickers or anything, that's going to matter absolutely nothing without your ability to vote. Because it'll just be back with a vengeance. You know, so that is what's important. And I really wish a lot of people would do that. You know, focus on the right things. <sighs> I agree. It's so bad. Jeff, thanks for coming on. Tori, thanks for coming on. We're out of time. I do want to tell you that uh, we'll be here tonight at 4 o'clock. We've got a lot more to go over. Jeff, I want to at some point get you uh, on a panel. And I want to have the conversation. I want to work the problem. Like, how do we get past? How do we help Tina, first of all? Because I think that... We're, we're, we're moving past the part where there's no question Tina had to do what she did. She's a hero. And for them to attack her just is another one of this kabuki theater, this, this, this kangaroo court that they've created where they want to persecute, not prosecute. This is all about silencing the American people. And so it's going to be really important that we look into what is Harvey doing? Why isn't he, why isn't he following the, the, the steps right now to make sure that he's publicly talking about the fact that what they did is highly illegal and they're looking at technicalities to charge her with a technicality because they can't get her for what she did because she actually uncovered the fraud and they covered it up so jeff i'll give you the final word where can people find you and then tori i'll give you the word after that uh you can find me at uh, uh m-a-g-a-r-a-c-c-o-o-n.com uh, if you want to see, but if you're going to do one thing, go out to uh, Fingerprints of Fraud, all one word, fingerprintsoffraud.com. That's where you can find the Fingerprints of Fraud, Volume 1. Uh, you can find uh, the Mesa uh, 3 report. I think I put the two, I may put number two there. But between that and the uh, magaraccoon.com site, you should be able to find most of what I'm working on and, uh, and what I put out. So uh, thank you very much, Joe, as usual.
Thank you. Tori. Oh, what's there to say? I mean, this was an excellent, excellent conversation today because that's something that we all should be focusing on is securing our voices at the ballot box. Our First Amendment is protected by the Second, and uh, our First Amendment is our first declaration as free citizens, and our right to exercise our vote is literally free speech. And so this is where we need to be focusing on, making sure that the elections are rectified and taken care of. And for everyone that has assisted in this, thank you. And what Tina Peters did was incredible because she caught them. She caught them in a box and now they're trying to find a way to make sure that the findings that she have can't see the light of day in a legal venue because that incriminates them and everything will be revealed. And where people can find me, well, when you have ears to hear me, you'll hear me. Um, thanks for having me on, Joe. Hey, thanks for I being I appreciate on. it. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap us up with a prayer. So I'm gonna do that. I will wrap up every podcast with a prayer. If you wanna find us, you can find us at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Um, we are also on radio stations. So if you happen to hear us there, you can go follow us at Conservative. Well, because you can't follow us at Conservative Daily on Twitter, we got uh, a lifetime ban there, it sounds like. You can follow me at, uh, at Real Joe Oltman. And yeah, there are some fake accounts out there. And that's at real Joe Altman. Somebody said something, there's a fake account at, at Truth. That's probably the wrong thing to do since I'm pretty well connected with the guys over at Truth. So I took care of them pretty quick. Um, uh, with that said, you are the ambassadors of Truth. You are the ones that carry things forward. Take the hold of them report, spread it out everywhere. Read it, understand it, digest it. Look at Tori, Tori's affidavit. Look at the stuff that Jeff did with the uh, fingerprints of fraud. And that's just, by the way, that's just volume one. That's just... Point one or 1.0, 1 right? There will be a 2.0. There will be a 3.0 if I had to guess. Um, and then some of the stuff related to the Mesa reports and the other information, follow those people that are out there fighting for you. And if someone has a problem, by the way, it says, oh, I don't like this person or I don't like that person. I judge, I judge people by their fruit, not by, their, by, not by the words that they say, but the fruit that they bring from the tree. So look for that. That's the only way you're going to get to the place of discernment. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and pray. <sighs> Father God, thank you for Jeff. Thank you for the, the amount of work that he has put in. Thank you for his tireless effort and his courage to stand despite all of the attacks that seem to happen over and over and over again. Father, thank you for Tori. Thank you for her commitment. Thank you, for Father, for having her be involved in understanding some of the apparatuses that have existed across the country and then coming to the aid of the American people. Father, thank you for our listeners. Thank you for the people out there that are standing in the gap and that are speaking truth, Father. I tell people to pray, stand, speak, and act. And Father, I do believe that those are all messages that come from you. So Father, just I, I would ask you to help us that we may stand in the gap and stand with courage, regardless of the consequences, regardless of what sacrifices need to be made, Father. Help us that we may choose to restore restore you to our community, to our country, and to the world, Father. We know that if we can restore goodness and, we, and beat back the evil, that we'll be in a place where we finally will be able to have peace as a society. Father, help us that we may protect our children, that we may recognize evil and call it what it is, but also, Father, help us that we may have, we may have the uh, wisdom and the 
ability to speak when we need to speak and not speak when we don't need to speak. We may c connect with each other and set aside petty differences and come to the realization that we are all one. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And Father, help us that we may fight regardless of political affiliation and we can set that aside and get back to a place where we fight the one thing that has captured and taken over our society, which is this innate evil. I ask for all these things, Father, humbly, in the name of thy son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. That was nice. We are, we are, uh, we'll be back at four o'clock, six o'clock, six o'clock Eastern. And um, I look forward to seeing you all. Jeff, as always, you are a warrior for truth and you have literally stood in the gap. And I want to thank you, Tori. You, uh, I'm, I'm very proud of the work that you've done and just the amazing amount of courage and, and uh, commitment that you have as well. So God bless you all. We'll see you guys tonight at four o'clock.